like say for example ryan gosling right so it's like ryan gosling used to have this tv show like breaker high so oh, he mentions, i know breaker like, high i never watched it but i know about it but what if you like want me to sing the theme song okay i won't <laughs> that should be like the bonus at the end of this episode <laughs> it's just using stick the around to hear me sing the breaker high theme song at the end of this episode Rock and roll. Ready. You got all the files open? Everything's open. All right, sweet. Um, hello, welcome to... Uh, every fucking time. Hello, welcome to Blue Sky Podcast. This is episode five, if it's actually released in order. Uh, I'm Adil. I'm Jono. And we are your hosts. Uh, what do we do on this podcast, Jono? Well, we start every episode with a prompt, a random prompt from a bowl that neither of us know exactly what's in there. I know five suggestions. You know five suggestions. Give me an example of what a prompt is. A prompt would be, right now, something like a genre of a film. Uh, As we progress, we would like to do different ideas, maybe current events, maybe ideas for singular scenes. But right now, we're kind of running the gamut of genres. We've been flying by the seat of our pants. So what you will be privy to is us riffing on this idea We're going to develop it into a five to six page script, and then we're going to perform it for you and tell you all the things we wish we did or didn't do. All in the same episode. We're going to write the script. We're going to perform the script. We're going to talk about the script. Yes, this podcast is for the nerds. You're going to hear the entire (laughs) process, and it's for lovers of improv and uh, for screenwriting. Uh, I heard this. I think Gambino actually said it, uh, but this definition of what what a nerd is is like, a nerd is someone who, who, like, being a nerd of something, like a certain type of book or movies, or being a nerd for movies or whatever. It's like you, it's like liking something, but liking something that something that takes work to like it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you have to have to you have to actually carve out time to really obsess over this thing. Yeah, well, let me tell you, we certainly carve out the time and we certainly <laughs> obsess over this. Oh, so uh, this is some hard work and nerd shit. All right, right. So the first official segment is the intro. You've just heard it. <laughs> the next official Fucking is AI doing this podcast? What the fuck? I'm just reading from we, chat GPT script. Oh, essentially, basically, we do what chat GPT does now. Yeah. We, you, you, we just do the old analog prompt yeah. and then use our... our, our brains. Our painful think, thinking brains to uh, to come up with something. Yeah. So uh, now that we've done like the intro and explained it, we are not going to go to the section which is titled... The Prompt. The prompt. So I am going to reach into the forsaken bowl of ideas. I don't know what a deal wrote. I do know what I wrote, but a deal does not know what I wrote. I wrote simple ones this time. I did too. <laughs> did you? <laughs> you never write simple, man. It's gonna be some like fantasy okay. Okay. lore genre. It's it's funny because there are a couple in there. Okay, okay. Serial killer in brackets thriller. Oh, that's mine. It's a little poem. Serial killer thriller. Serial killer thriller. Okay. And it's all in rhyme form. This whole script's going to be in rhyme form. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. So serial killer thriller. That's the problem we picked today. We should have like fireworks and like the word come up on the screen. Boom, serial killer boom, thriller. Boom. Serial killer thriller. Let's celebrate the deaths of uh, many, oh, yeah. many people. Yeah. Well, I mean, so when I said that, I was like, it'd be kind of interesting just to kind of make a, it could be a first person film, a kind of narr- over narration kind of film. Um, but before I get too much into the style of this film, um, I'm thinking of films like American Psycho. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like um, a little bit like Gone Girl too, tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else? Like there's TV shows like what's that one? The Dahmer Show. 
Um, let me see. Serial killer. Films. I didn't watch the Dahmer show. I watched the first Due episode. To the controversy. I felt. I They're felt like it's something I can just not dig, dive into. For me, it was like I know where this is gonna go. We're basically like you've made a documentary on this, and again, love the actor Evan Peters. I, I like that they you know put work into it and all that stuff. But it's just like you've already have a doc. You've already really squeezed this subject. Do we really need to see more about this sad time in these people's lives? You know? Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. So let's keep this one light. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it our goal to make the lightest serial killer film of all time. Have you ever seen, uh, I'm not sure what year it came out. I'm going to look that up right now, but Man Bites Dog. Never heard of it. It's like a mockumentary. It came out in 1992, a Belgian black comedy crime mockumentary film written and produced by Remy Belleville. Uh, but basically, it's this group of documentary filmmakers that are following a serial killer, and they sort of end up sort of in, intertwining themselves with the antics of the serial killer antics is a terrible word choice there but uh that, it's, that, it's kind of funny you know it gets really really fucked up and goes really dark and uh it is also about a serial killer and mm. it is it's in french uh it's in french way man you know it's annoying that's gonna that was gonna be my pitch i was like oh we should do like a like a, a camera crew following a serial killer. Mm. Like, I just thought that would have been very interesting because I've never seen that, but never mind. It's been done. It's been done. Really, um, really great movie. But not though. by us. Not by us. It has by not been done by us. brilliant French people uh, just after you were born. Oh, shit. No way. No, what I mean is not by us. It's like, remember that thing, the David Lynch thing, where it's like all scripts have been done. But oh, what makes them special right, is like right, how right. you do them. You right. Know? Like, uh, I'm sure there's another film that has been done, the mockumentary serial killer. There has to be one out there. Wait, another we, one. We could do Woman Licks Cat. <laughs> man bites dog oh <laughs> i was thinking of i don't know why though you know the documentary about uh luca magnata the oh don't kill cats uh, uh is it called uh, don't kill cats don't fuck with cats don't fuck with cats yeah man. that shit is crazy yeah, that was pretty fucked up um yeah so and by the way earlier i said gone girl uh the movie i meant not gone girl it's not really about a serial killer kind of i, I was thinking of the girl with the dragon tattoo mm, right that one's about that and gone that, girl's that's more of just like a, a quiet murder or something right is that what well no gone girl is about the woman who kind of forges her own disappearance to to um frame her husband oh. she, like it's it's based on a the book was so good man it's based on a book fincher made it with ben affleck uh, yeah yeah i saw it but yeah i blew that out the hatch for yeah. sure no, yeah. I'll be honest. The movie was decent. I don't m remember a lot of it, but the book was fucking great. Okay. Um, uh, should we switch into the next section now? Yeah, because I guess now we're going to... Yeah, what's, what's, what's the next section? Let's the explain it in the next section. The next section is going to be explained momentarily. Blue sky. Okay, great. So now is the blue sky section. And this is where we throw all kinds of ideas at the wall, not a real wall, but at the wall of our imaginations in with hopes of trying to construct something interesting for y'all. Yeah, this is like the section where we literally like by the end of this section is we have a story like we usually by the end of the section, we're like, OK, this is what the scenes are. and This is what the trajectory of the script is. Um, and we come up yeah, with basically a very blueprint uh, of the script. Yeah, and in a more traditional sense, this would be where we just kind of generate ideas for mm. the show, the film, the season, whatever, yeah. and then before we apply budgetary constraints and get all our dreams killed. So <laughs> this is the funnest phase of them all. Yeah, this is where there's no limits. Um, yeah, so... So, uh, serial killer thriller. I, yeah, it that would have been a good musical uh, prompt for sure. Cause serial killer thriller? He's a serial killer, Taylor. 
That's two songs for the record right there. The OST. Um, <laughs> we make a soundtrack. That's, so, a, that's like the follow-up podcast. We make soundtrack for all the films we've made. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you know what? Uh, I'll, I'm going to be vulnerable with you. And my fear is how to make this not funny. You know, because my, my inclination is always toward comedy. So I've been like kind of dreading slash excited for when we come up on something that's like got to be more serious. I guess we kind of did that last week with the the space kid yeah. thing. Yeah, I think it's a so. little more serious. serious. But this is like, I feel like also the POV of this one is weird because it's about a serial killer. So like, what are we going to try and say around this? Or like, what's the, what's well, that sort of mark of, of. Why do we give a shit about this guy? What's compelling? What's compelling about the story? Who's the story about? I, I don't think that... I, I personally don't ever think that first. Mm. I feel like that's discovered. Mm. You know, I think... And so far, we've done a pretty decent job with the other ones, too, where it's like, oh, it's a slapstick thing. Oh, my God. It's about an artist who's really struggling with his mm. typecast, like the first one we did. Like, for example, right? We weren't thinking that going in. Um, I like to stumble across, like, you know, or stumble upon, um, like, that stuff. So, for me, it's like, let's think what's entertaining to us. I go entertainment first. And then it's like, as we're doing it, I think we have a need to have reasons, justifications for what we, what we do. So we end up on a message, you mm. know? Um, and the, the comedy thing, I still think there's room to make it a dark comedy. I'm not saying we should do that because I do agree. We haven't done something completely dark and serious. So let's maybe dive into that. Leave but, it open for that. Yeah, but I'm open to like if it, because there is, when, whenever you have a short film, like when we write a short film, because we're under the constraints of like, let's make it six pages or five pages, you kind of create this world which might need comedy to kind of help you digest the five pages, if that makes sense. Yes. Uh, I'm really eating the mic right now, kid. Am, am I too loud? No, uh, it sounds good, and I All don't right. see any clippy clips on the old monitor, so All right, cool. you're good. Um, well, that makes me think of uh, Mr. Wright, I think it's called. Mr. Brooks? No, uh, it's Anna Kendrick and Sam Rockwell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never Mr. seen it, but I know about Wright. it. Right, and, and so like, there's this trope of serial killers. Yeah, it's Mr. Wright. Uh, Anna Kendrick is plays this aloof sort of uh, happy-go-lucky young woman who inadvertently falls in love with a serial killer who I believe is trying to like end his career. Like he's at the end of it and he's kind of dealing with like the back end of like, you can never quit that job. That's always a, a big trope in serial killer things. If it's, if you're trying to humanize the main character, it's he's this guy's done with it. He's made his money. He's trying to get out, but he can't. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and uh, hilarity ensues when Anna Kendrick's roped into his, his life and they fall even deeper in love against all odds. So because, and this is just, we have, touched upon love in the musical and the, that's it actually mm. um, we could do it in this as well I have a blue sky pitch for you okay what if and the thriller is like we have to find a way to stay ahead of the audience but it's basically rough pitch really gonna set it up so you know that uh, hey this might be shit this is rough this is <laughs> this is a first draft idea this is the first draft of a first draft because i'm going to pitch this and this might become a first draft so it's a pre-draft basically um it's about a serial killer and it's first person narrative voiceover in his head kind of talking like have you seen fleabag yeah but imagine a serial killer fleabag yeah okay talking and or house of cards you know he talks to the camera mm -hmm. maybe it's that too like he look, looks at the camera and says like we don't talk know. about that show here uh <laughs> 
Um, what about Usual Suspects? Damn, no. Uh, what about American Beauty? Fuck, again. <laughs> he narrates a lot of shit. That Fuck. motherfucker narrates a lot of stuff. Kevin Spacey. Um, okay, so it's like him narrating like his day or like his drive up to this house and he like gets in the house and he's like walking up these stairs and it's like narrating and maybe as he narrates it cuts back to flashbacks like oh this is worse than the the kill i did on john street last week cuts to like him killing someone and a sniper or whatever and then cuts back to this moment so it's like him almost retelling his last week or whatever and he's leading up to the store and then he's like here's a shower on so now he has to kind of be quiet and like wait in the darkness of the shadows and he even sees like the woman or the man he has to kill walk in front of him but they don't see him because he's in the shadows and then he like follows them into the room and blah 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 and then finally just pop 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 like he's like a a quiet serial killer right? mm. or maybe he's not quiet he then ties him up and then he has his fun to torture or whatever right um but my point is like it's all narrative uh sorry narrative it's all him narrating it and then until he finally talks to that person that he's like trapped or he kills or whatever or right before he kills them um i just don't like so yeah that's my pitch where that's the whole short film it's mm -hmm. leading up to this one kill with flashbacks within it love the one kill idea uh because it simplifies the fuck out of it um <clears throat> the narrating thing open but my first bump is like that could just get a little like it's the city is dark. He's not Batman. I'm in the dark, but, uh, but he can't, I am the like, shadow. I am the shadow that fucking shoots you in the face at night. Um, well, no, it depends on the tone, right? Because you're right. It could be. That's what I'm saying. Fleabag. That's where the dark comedy comes in. Like he talks about it. Like I don't know why I put an accent there, but he talks about it very like. Uh, it's like a day-to-day -day mundane job. He's Barry a little bit, you know. Yeah. The reason, only reason I say narrative is, or he's narrating, is because. I'm worried that without that, it's just a lot of description and it's just... No, for sure, for yeah. sure. But what if, because that sparked an idea in my brain, like, you know how a lot of people are into like self-care and meditation and there's a lot of like sort of apps involved in that shit. And it's just like, you know, you wake up in the morning, notice the pillow, take a deep breath and continue to notice the pillow. When you are ready, list the five things you are grateful for. Like that kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. just very holistic kind of. You should fucking do those because your voice is perfect for it. I should. Uh, if anyone uh, just email us and uh, I'll, I'll send you a New recording. podcast coming soon. <laughs> five bucks a pop. Um, but what if it's like um, the morning routine slash going to kill, like the daily routine of this person. And it starts off with this like almost like a Patrick Bateman where you, uh, from American Psycho, uh, starring Christian Bale, starring Christian Bale. And it was a book that I never read. And the movie, the movie is very is, disturbing. Yeah. Um, but very sort of iconic and, and heavily referenced. Um, and we follow this guy through his routine and it's this like app voiceover. That's, that's sort of playing against what we're seeing. You know, it's like, uh, you know, breathe in and breathe out. And he's like aiming a gun and like pulling a trigger on someone's head and then driving to the next thing. And it's sort of narrated and loosely related to what's happening, but it plays against it in an interesting way. I don't, I don't have a great example of that, but, um, again, uh, almost like the guided meditation of a serial killer of someone like a serial killer. And we find like a funny way into that or an interesting way into that. That's very interesting. I really like that, man. Um, and then you just kind of follow this guy. So there's dialogue from the app or whatever. And then there could just be one line from the dude at the end before he pulls the my, trigger or yeah. whatever. I mean, my job right now is to poke holes just so we can get, make it stronger, I guess. But it's like, my one worry is, is it going to be interesting enough? Like that is just this robotic kind of yeah, thing. That, that, that's, that's the that's whole a, film is just robotic. But like, again, it's a short film. It's a really cool idea for a short film. For short film. And I mean, I, I haven't ever seen that, you know, that's really cool. Um, 
And then I guess our work, our tough work is like, how do we make that like robots lines or the AI's lines or basically, you know what it reminds me of a bit? It's like her, but with a serial killer. Mm. So you know how hers and his, have you seen them? So the movie, her, uh, for people who haven't seen it's like walking Phoenix and it's like in the fu- distant future, I guess. It's right. A Spike Jones movie. Spike it's like, Jones. yeah, a sort of retro futuristic world. that's kind of like our own, but yeah. And then the uh, walking Phoenix's character, I think again, I haven't seen it in a while, but everyone has this, but he has this one AI thing in his ear, like a, thing that's like becomes his friend and then he falls in love with it and it's a story about a man falling in love with technology almost right and this woman that doesn't really exist uh and it's like the voice of scarlett Johan- scarlett johansson that plays it so how can you not fall in love mm. but um that is am i summarizing that right yes so it's uh, so I if think. we can make it like that where do we humanize the voice a little bit like my question is do you prefer it where it's like and now and it's very like robotic and it's a uh, it's headspace but for scare serial killers and this is how we talk or is it like dead hey, space <laughs> dead, i was starting to think about fun too dead space um or or is it like this where it's like uh hey al you're nine it's 9 a.m wake up now all right now remember oh. you, have a, you have a to-do list you have to get milk and he's like checking shit off and it's like and you have uh you're uh 10 uh, or like 4 p.m appointment and mr brooks and then you see him go on the way and then it's kind of like you don't know what's going to happen and kind of leads him to yeah the kill. and it's like yeah yeah and there's some kind of that that could work I, I like both I, I don't i don't mind the humanizing way like what i'm saying but i also really like your thing where it's like literally like a meditation app yeah uh, and then like you said you're kind of doing juxta- juxtaposition i guess i yeah, don't know if that's the word but it. it's like uh, like you said like i mean the only one that comes to mind right now is like um and now we're gonna breathe in for four seconds and he's like on a sniper and you know you can't breathe on a sniper yeah and it's like you have to be very steady with like when you're holding a sniper so if you shake it like changes it so it's like breathe in and hold your breath four three two Pull the trigger. Cut the black. Yeah, or pull the trigger. Cut the black. Cut the black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could do that. Like That's the ending. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it yeah. leads up to. So the ending is a breathing, but then throughout it, we have to really like riddle in like meditate meditation. But like, we don't have to try so hard that everything has to sound like a meditation double entendre. Yeah. But it just has to feel like she's a very calm and soothing app, and she's telling him to now go into the shadows, wait for your victim to fall asleep. Great, he's fallen asleep now. Now, yeah. Now, pour <laughs> the drugs me. into his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> sprinkle the yeah. sprinkle the ricin yeah. well, into uh, his nose. Jesus. Oh, it's like it's like uh, there's a dog, right? So the, he has to like put the dog to sleep, like not like dead, but like uh, put put um, sleeping uh, whatever medicine into the dog's uh, bowl, mm-hmm. and the dog falls asleep. Now he's like, okay, now he can like sneak into the house or yep. whatever. That's interesting. I do like that. Um, okay, okay. So the next step is we gotta before we get into the writing phase, we have to kind of figure out which one do we want to go with. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we are, we like this. We already love this idea of one kill maybe or like following or a it, serial killer. It builds. I love the idea of it building up to the trigger pull and like the trigger pull is cut to black. So it's just more about like this behavioral thing. But but then what what's interesting beyond that juxtaposition of a of a meditation app and someone prepping to kill someone? You know what's more? Where, where's more like human depth we can pull from that? Yeah. Damn. Because I'll be very honest, you just saying that I'm like, fuck, should it be him just talking? And then because the, the, the only reason I say that is because that he can really fill in the story, like him talking about like this is what I did last week, like I, like I was saying earlier, like I did this last week, and you show this gunshot and he killed someone last week, and then because my other thing is like, what's the not twist, but what's the payoff at the end? Like if it's just a pull the trigger, why is that special? Is it like? the person he's about to kill like you know how he's like narrating this whole story and he's like i I went to this place and this place last week and i killed this person last month like it all kind of ties in that this person he's about to kill right now is his boss 
Like it all, you think it's just a regular kill, but it's him getting out of this life. Like, you know, the Mr. Right thing where you said where he wants to get out of this life. Mm. So you think he's narrating just a regular kill, but this is the most important kill because this is the guy who hires him to kill people. Mm. And you yeah. find that out at the very last second of the film and you're like, oh shit, he's quitting. Yeah, that could be, that could be cool. Um, kind of reminded me of Looper, which is oh, not wow, quite a yeah, serial yeah. killer movie. Looper is a Ryan Johnson movie starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis as each other. Um, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a serial killer in present day <clears throat> and people from the future are sent back and people from the future are sent back, uh, to a fucking tarp in a fucking cornfield and he just pulls the trigger and that's that yeah. problem in the future taken care of just in the past. So there's like no evidence for either. the guy's belly and there's no evidence of it. Really fucking cool movie. Yeah. But that moment of facing yourself uh, amidst the circumstances that you've put yourself in is really interesting, too. Um, you know, fucking, does Buddy discover, you know, he's a clone or whatever, and, he, and there's just another, another version of him come to kill him or something, you know? Or is it he botched uh, a kill and now someone's after him, you know? So he's trying to outsmart someone who's ostensibly smarter than him you want to say also interesting what if because i like i really like what you said there where you put yourself in a predicament and that's what you're kind of like what if because there's this thing of like um what's the word when you're doing a magic trick like you're kind of sleight of hand but like you're distracting their attention right. yeah like you're you're i don't know the word but basically you're making the audience think one thing and then you kind of slip the covers under them um still the wrong metaphor but you get my point rug pull rug pull there it is bait and switch bait and switch um, what if it's like the he's going to do this kill and we really introduce this world in the script where it's like oh he's going to go do this kill and he's this suave guy and he's narrating and the way he narrates is like last week I did this and again I keep going back to that because this time what if it's like he, he narrates a story right he goes like I did this and I killed this person and then in that story, there's like a kid who like saw him kill his dad, for example. Mm. Like, yeah, sometimes it's part of the job and then he goes forward, goes forward and then finally he gets into this room to kill this guy and he pulls a cover and no one's there and he turns around and it's, it's like the kid grown up or something or whatever. Yeah. Basically, like you think he's just another kill and the stories he's telling you in the script. So like while he's narrating as he's going to kill this guy, he's just narrating the story and he's like, oh, I did this one time, this job in Washington and this job in this LA park that I killed someone, whatever. And then when you get to the end, you're thinking like, oh, this film's just him just fucking, you know, self-indulging and talking about his life. But he's basically giving you these breadcrumbs for the ending that the ending is this twist of like he's not here to kill someone he's here to get whacked because he fucked up on a job i like the trap idea a lot like i just as you were saying that and before you revealed it i just kind of imagined him like you know turning a chair around and whipping a blanket off and it's a dummy or something or just him realizing it's a trap i do find the like you killed my dad 20 years ago trope is kind of played out it's it's played out yeah, yeah. but i mean fuck what hasn't been but that one just seems like not a not a great twist. I like the twist of it being a trap and someone's there to kill him. So, but maybe, but it's... again, the a kid it doesn't, have, it doesn't have to be the kid. My point is, we can have the fun of figuring out who that is that kills him mm -hmm. at the end, or who traps him. It's just, I think it makes sense if we foreshadow it in one of the stories, like he messed up a job or did something, and it's like you kind of just mention it in a story, and you, the audience is like, oh, that's a cool kill he did or whatever. And at the end, you're like, oh, that's oh, okay, like a little bit of that, you know, mm. like that story came back to callback. Maybe, 
Yeah, like what if there's some hybrid sort of approach of these ideas where we're following a person doing a morning meditation and it's like this beautiful, serene kind of voiceover from an app and either it's cross-cut with a hitman prepping or at the end of like just this short little blurb, the guy takes a deep breath and breathe out and then a gun like enters frame and kills this guy and then we follow the serial killer into some other thing, maybe onto his next person. And also a serial killer, I think my brain kind of goes to Hitman. So serial yeah, killer more Hitman like Patrick, so Patrick Bateman and like Hitman is more like guns for hire. One does it for pleasure, one does it for money, right? Yeah, you're right. I think we're kind of on the wrong page then. We're, we're going a little down the hit. We're going Hitman. Yeah, we really are. Like all these ideas are very Hitman ideas. Yeah. So maybe... Um, it's worth thinking about the other page, the sort of lust for death or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? Well, the reason why do you like, again, Bateman was all jealousy mostly like, that's what it felt like. Um, and I say Bateman, Patrick Bateman, once mm -hmm. again, from American psycho, he's like this guy who's like this rich business dude. And he's just like very easily jealous of other people and has it's like material. Yeah. Very kind of caught up in the wrong things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like fight club, but he's a serial killer. Mm -hmm. Um, that's interesting. I do like that. And I do wish we kind of went down that road more because that is what the point of it was. I just got really caught up into this hitman world. Um, serial killer. So we it's usually revolving, again, like it could, and again, just to kind of keep it simple because we already pitched some ideas along this route, it could still be a self-narration kind of thing. What if, what, oh, okay. Whoa. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, oh, what well. if uh, it's not necessarily about a person? It's about this object that's imbued. Like, we don't have to get into this, but this object may, maybe has, like, a negative spirit, an, an evil spirit kind of imbued in it or attached to it. It's a knife. So when people pick up this knife, they're compelled to kill or become a serial killer. Did you ever see that movie Fallen with Denzel Washington? No. It's very cool, as far as I remember, maybe mid-'90s. Um, it's about this guy who's tracking this demon who transfers its consciousness into other people by touch. So there's like really cool scenes where like he's trying to escape this guy in a crowd and, and, and it's like crowded New York streets and the people are just reaching and touching the person in front of him. So like this demon is chasing him by jumping from body to wow. body. Like so fucking cool. But if this is the dot, like the, the narrator is the knife or the narrator is the gun or the bat or the fucking board with a nail in it. Um, this is not a comedy. This is dead serious. Um, it could be that, right? And we could see it change hands through a bunch of different people and just kind of witness these things. And it's just this fucking evil spirit that, that wants to consume negative energy. You know? I dig it. My only thing is, and I guess, I don't know, for me, it's like, are we giving up a chance to get even darker in sense of in terms of like, I, I usually never think of writing about a serial killer. Like, you know, like uh, the chance to be like, okay, this guy's kind of fucked up in the head. Why is he doing this? Or like, this is his life or whatever. So it's like, are we do, making it an object and kind of taking the like kind of taking the humanity of like his, this person's choice? It's like no one has a choice. They just have to they have to kill now. We're like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but that thing is still got to make a choice and has a that could still have a justifiable choice or whatever. It might be a lot to explain in a in a five page thing, but there is something interesting about that it is. sort of uh, passing the baton of of psychosis or or you know bloodlust. Because still, like, what would what would our reason be? Like, you know, what would our, what's our connection to the killer? 
That's a good question though. You know, cause like if we're going to explore that, it can't just be like, you know, I had a fucked up youth, you know? Cause like <laughs> <laughs> shit. Yeah. I wanted a, no, but, I mean, a dog I mean, when I was six and my dad never told me. Now I kill all dogs. Uh, I was going to say, no, you said something which is interesting because that's a good way to start at these. Like, you're like, why would we ever connect with this person? And it's like, when's, when have you felt the lowest or what's like the lowest feeling? And it's, if we were to use our lives, like not even us, but someone in our industry, that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Like an, a background actor who just kind of <laughs> shows up on sets and like, because he's jealous of the main actor. Yeah. So he just goes around killing actors. Yeah. That could be. That's a little fucked up. That's a little fucked up, ain't it? That is a little fucked up. I've never up. seen that. There's this. Oh, actually. Uh, and it could be called. Like, I like the name background, you know. And it's like the perfect because the one. No. And that's the his whole thing is like his, if he narrates because I don't know why I'm stuck on narrating right now. But if he does, it could be the whole thing of him being like, no one even notices me. I'm like, because he's very like, no one cares about me because I'm a background actor. So he has a perfect alibi of like, no one looks into him. You know what I mean? He just goes anywhere. And he said he wants. And, and it'd be kind of a cool intro scene could be like you open on a like half-dressed person in a bathroom stall dead unconscious implication is that they're dead Mm. and then you cut to this other guy putting the clothes on Mm. you know it's like as far back as i can remember i always wanted to be a background extra not that but you know like you just cannot kinda, help yourself from making it funny i know well like <laughs> I, I i feel like if we're gonna talk about dark shit i have to like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's overcompensate a yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's more of a therapy thing than a podcast yeah. thing but uh here we are um but that thing like he, he to get us in there he could have killed another extra like he's just slowly trying to get his way onto the set so he he found an extra that looked like him killed him in the bathroom and now he's out on set and he's like well, first stops the craft table, fucking blah, blah, blah. I do this to the thing. But like, what's, and then I said a serial killer though. I mean, I guess at, I guess, maybe yeah, that like, is a serial, a serial killer by, like they want to get to the main actor to kill them. But by virtue of doing that, they like go through a path of people to kill them. Is that No, what? I wasn't thinking that. That's, that's cool too. But that sounds very like one big project he has. I'm just thinking like he just shows up to sets and just kills every, like he just kills the actors. He's not, he's not like working his way up. Like the, that's too much. I think build up. Mm. I think he just does it. Um, it's just interesting, you know. Um, like, there's this uh, TV show that just came out. I, f- I wish I'd watched it because it would probably help with this. Have you heard of the new show Swarm? Uh, Swarm. No. It's like Donald Glover. Oh you know, yes. Just started a new show, and it's about obsession. This young woman's obsession with a pop star takes a dark turn, and she starts killing people apparently. Oh. So I do want to watch it. But that sounds kind of like what I'm trying to pitch, where it's like this background actor who's like, I want to be the next big thing. But my only thing is, in a short film, how do you summarize that? And I, I find it very interesting. But how, what's, our, what's our five pages? What's our world that we're creating? And what's our arc in this world? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, it's interesting. When I picked ser- the serial killer thing, I didn't think it was going to be uh, complicated. But what makes it so complicated? Because I'm like, oh, fucking just it's a killer movie. But what makes it complicated is you have to make it justifiable enough that the audience isn't like like you said like oh it's just not he's just like oh i'm like, just doing this yeah like and, and you know like and if you do that like i'm not that this was that but the closest movie that got away with it really well kevin spacey again um seven have you seen seven yeah like you only see the killer at the very 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 end yeah he has this whole thing throughout the film but you you, you they don't try to get you into his world and figure him out the whole film is about like the detectives yeah so that's the other side of it it's like someone yeah. trying to catch this guy you know what i mean yeah which is another like, would fall into like you know detective drama or yeah, whatever yeah. <clears throat> excuse me um 
but that that I like I mean I think that's a great method in there but that's like slow burning relationship building it's not like a quick little banger you know script wise no no 100% and I'm not no no sorry that wasn't my pitch for saying to do that I'm right, just saying right. like that's the other way of doing it where you don't show you don't humanize the serial killer in a way of like not that they're ever justified like oh I get it but more like at least you're like there is something beyond the the director or the writer being like he's just a killer that's that's like two 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 dimensional. Yeah, or like he's a cool killer, or yeah, like yeah. he's a killer who wants to quit his job. Yeah, yeah I yeah. like this extra thing. I think there's something weird in that. Um, but I'm not gonna lie. When I pulled that out, my life flashed before my eyes. Like when I saw serial killer thriller, I'm like, fuck. How are we gonna do yeah, this? Yeah, because yeah. it is such a complicated yeah, yeah. thing. And like, hey, guess what? It's my turn. Here we go. Here we go. Hey, musical yeah, comedy. Yeah, it's my yeah, turn. Exactly. All right. <laughs> I I deserve this. This is <laughs> karma in motion. Um, okay. Um, so I I do really like this extra thing. Um, I just yeah, it's just hard to find that well, like that justifies. When we thing. usually get stuck here, um, or when we usually get to this point, it's we always have a good time. Then let's now uh, we like this world a little bit, right? Like this extra world, uh, background extra world serial killer thing potentially. Let's think of a cool first scene, right? Or a cool last scene. Uh, a cool first scene could be him auditioning for something and not getting it. A cool first scene could be him uh, on a set watching a film go down, and he's like in the background. You kind of see him narrating, like, "This is my life." I sit in the background and pretend to talk to people, and like he's actually like fake talking to someone, but he's narrating, like, "I'm not saying any words." No one cares what I'm saying. And like you're moving past all the main actors and then you kind of land on him and he's like pretending to laugh and drink at a party and a background, a background of a party in a party scene. And he's like, this is what I do, blah, blah. And then, and then it's like, and then it cuts closer to his eyes and he looks at the camera or something like that. And he goes, uh, but wait till they get a load of me or something like, but uh, it'll be my time soon. And then cut to title credits. Yeah. Or like, what if he's killing background extras because he is obsessed with film like he's maybe got like an encyclopedic knowledge of film or something but he's he's into the idea of he he got into acting to become other people but then he took the idea of becoming other people a little too far so he starts to kill people and like take their lives you know what i mean so he's like he kills this one extra to become background actor number four and then another movie he kills another one to become background actor number five or whatever like he's 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 literally killing people to take over he thinks lives. that's method acting like i'm gonna kill them and i'm gonna become them yeah yeah, yeah. but i was gonna say and just another pitch what if random because a bit different but kind of on the same page his he serial kills to protect the actor he's in love with like there's an actor he's like he always background acts on like oh this actor's films or what if like yeah there's like a meteoric rise of talent this huge actor uh and it's this weird controversy like somehow the first choice always gets killed and they're always the second choice so they get the role you know what i mean it's this person yeah, who's, yeah, yeah, who's yeah, actually yeah, responsible yeah, yeah, yeah. for this other person's career exactly and, and then i was gonna yeah kind of like that because i was gonna say what if like um then like you see in the first uh party scene the credits happen and then you see the director kind of like shit on this actor and then he kind of follows the director and kills him and then and then this and then there's a report of like this keeps happening on this actor set so they're thinking it's that actor who's doing this yeah. the famous actor right and it's like everyone keeps dying for his roles and blah blah and then and then there's a day where like this actor like is about to get approached by a paparazzi and the uh, and our serial killer character kills a paparazzi in front of him and then there's that your finale climax of like I'm doing this for you I, I, I'm your biggest fan like he's fucked up deranged fan yeah that could be cool um, I'm just worried now like not worried but what, what I kind of miss is I do like that opening where he's like 
I'm just, this is my life. I hate my life. And I'm, I'm a background actor. And then he goes like, looks at the camera and does his like dark monologue, but maybe he could still do that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about the, I think the dark monologue, like you don't want to be too cliche, right? You don't want it to be too on the I think there's like a more like, cause that to me is more interesting. Like following the lead actor and then just seeing this guy in the background, he's been a background extra in her life or his life the whole time. And absolutely instrumental in their career being built and well formed. even even when you when he goes home and he goes to his room it's like just uh screen grabs from films where he's in the background of this actor yeah and he's like frames them every time he's like i get to, i got to be in the background of this shot this shot and it's like him like as a party guy as like fucking frat guy as like the lawyer is sitting uh against like not even lawyer, sorry uh, like the jury background and like this lawyer film he did so he's always the background in all his films yeah and it's like he has these frames up and he's like obsessed so it's obsession basically it's a, it's a fanboy and i feel like that's been done too but it'd be interesting to try this genre but, but i think it's the obsession in the context of really Helping propelling career. someone's career yeah, yeah that's actually true that's is never, really yeah. fun and dark and you could still like oh. it doesn't have to be funny but so the monologue you said that you is a little cliche were you talking about the ending or the opening because I do think there, I personally, and you can say, we don't have to do this, obviously. I think an ending where the serial killer kills someone in front of him. That's, I, I think the paparazzi And then says thing. to him, like, I'm doing this for you. And then he points out, like, a, like you know how this guy's, like you said, like, technically, if he helped him become huge. Like, say, for example, is Ryan Gosling, right? So it's like, Ryan Gosling used to have this TV show, like, Breaker High. So oh, he I mentions, know Breaker like, High. I never watched it, but I know about it. But what if you, like... Want me to sing the theme song? Okay, I won't. That should be like the bonus at the end of this episode. <laughs> it's just using it. Stick the around to hear me sing the Breaker High theme song at the end of this episode. Um, um, uh, he even says like something like that where it's like, I, I loved you since Breaker High. And he's like, what? He's like, yeah, no one thought you were good on that show. So you know what I mean? Like he mentions like since then I've been helping you out. Yeah. Yeah. From the fucking get go. Should we actually find an actor and make it about a real actor? Yes. 100%. Oh, I like that. So like Ryan Gosling, Ryan Reynolds are like, doesn't have to be a Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that. Those That's really fun. And then that end scene, I love the paparazzi idea because it doesn't involve like this pre like premeditated thing. It's just this like crime of passion in the moment because a paparazzi guy gets a little too close to the actor. Yeah. And it's like a legit like. It has to be somewhere alone though. It's alone. It's like not, it's, it's not good. Like paparazzi shit I'm sure is not good in any context. But it's especially like well, he's weird a stalker a too, though. Thing. Then, yeah, because it's like maybe he's like uh, this guy actor like Gosling or whatever goes to the gym, and then he's like waiting in his car, narrating to himself like Ryan always works out chest on Tuesdays or whatever the fuck, and he's like, and his trainer's with him, and then he leaves, and the trainer says bye to him, and he's watching all this, like he's seeing this actor, like in say Ryan Gosling, come out and say bye to his trainer. His trainer leaves, and now Ryan Gosling is walking to his car, and a paparazzi comes up, like another obsessed fan, yeah. paparazzi, and it's, which is more ironic too, because it's like. He thinks that fan is too obsessive who's like approaching Ryan Gosling, but he's like, he's a real obsessive one. Mm. So he goes up and you just see him like basically kill him with his hands, bare hands almost. Yeah. No, it's shit. like, it's like super brutal. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, then he gets up and he's like looking at him. He's like, eh, this is for you. The only thing is I, uh, I'm just throwing shit out. So hopefully I'm not getting too ahead of myself, but it wouldn't be bad if this happens in a more intimate place. Like someone show like at near his house or something or in his house. Yeah. So that it's like closed doors. So it's even more creepy. Yeah. Like in, in our lead serial killer person kind of showing up amidst that it's like less expected if then like 
if a paparazzi is giving you shit or confronting you in the street, likely someone might intervene exactly. if it gets too weird. But this heightens the stakes of, of that. And like, uh, it's just a matter of like succinctly getting across the point of that person being instrumental in their career. Like trying to figure out a crafty way to like disseminate that information, you know? As I think it's the to, end monologue. Yeah. Because he could be like, remember but uh, I think Crazy was, Stupid Love? Remember who else was up for that part? Huh? And then he's like, I killed him for you. You should have photos or like some kind of evidence to kind of go through that. But like, I, I think at the beginning, we need to like have the tease of that. We need to witness them doing something evil for the service of this person or yeah 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 so here's the thing i feel and you're you're totally right because you can't just like hope that the audience understands everything without showing but i think we can show it in pieces where the first thing i still think it's cool to see him in background action like you see a, f a shot of a film set and then you kind of end up on our character and he just kind of spikes the lens because have you have you ever had the thing with background actors on set like if you even like look at them while you're talking to someone else, that might, that might like, uh, affect that what they're going to do on camera in turn, you directed them, which upgrades them to uh silent on camera, not an extra. So it's a whole different pay grade. Repeat that. I have no, no, just okay. So if I talk to an extra on set, there's a scene going on, there's a party, there's extras there's in the background part going on. And if I mistakenly between shots to look at that extra or give and give them a note, give them a note, that's me directing them. So therefore they're upgraded. So, so a lot of times like you can get like upgrades. I've had actors like, or extras like turn around and look at the camera and stuff. And like, I wouldn't be allowed to use those takes because it would require so an upgrade. Funny. That's so funny. Uh, and when you say upgrade, it's because they get hired at a, they get hired at a, at, a, at a background rate. So it's like X amount of dollars silent on camera. The director can interact with you and direct you and move you around and talk and to you. you get paid and more. you get paid more. Significantly more. I think it's a, I think it's a big leap for wow, sure. That's yeah. fucking interesting. So like sometimes I would just be like, talking the ad is responsible for disseminating that information and being like okay uh i say yeah this guy uh he did this weird thing and I, he can't go that far thing then the ad would convey that message yeah, yeah, but yeah. if i was like looking at hey, the buddy. extra hey hey buddy or just talking to the ad and happen to glance across this guy's fucking sight line that could be considered a certain thing and i've gotten in trouble so many times and it's really hard because Your i instinct. want every, i want everyone to like me so, and I want to like, you know, include yeah, people yeah, and yeah. look at them in the eyes when I'm fucking talking to yeah. them. But if I do that, I might cost someone else more money. So yeah, it's a You're nightmare. like at the ground, you're like, hey buddy, can you uh, move? And you're like not making eye contact. Yeah. And it like, even if I'm making small talk, I like look down and I try and like That's engage, so but it just don't talk about the job at all. You know? Anyway. I don't think I've directed jobs big enough to, to have that rule. Like, cause I've done that. I've talked to extras, but it's because again, non-union stuff. Right. So that really makes it different. Cause yeah. I, I talk to the extras all the time, you yeah. know? Cause I'm like, do this, but can you please move out of the shot? Or, but that's interesting when you get to the bigger budgets. I've gotten into a lot of trouble. That's interesting. And because I'm just like, oh, like we're making a movie. Everyone lay <laughs> Everybody, down on the ground yeah. for it's four art. hours. <laughs> um, um, sorry that that I went in a little. No, uh, no, that was that was really because well, that's that topic of this film is background acting. I, I actually really enjoyed that tidbit. Um, yeah. But um, yeah. So I think it's at the time where let me try to or do you want to? One of us has to kind of go through the script right now, like very roughly, fill in the holes. You, you tell me where it's at because I feel like this one is. Uh, this one, you're, you're you're at the front of the saddle, and you're the horse me? that we're riding. You have right a telescope now. in your hand. You're like looking for like where we have to head. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So I'll start going, and then you can be like, no, 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 left. Oh no, no, right. Okay, I like that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. This I'll, is how we write. <laughs> we get uh, yeah. on a horse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, what are we wearing? 
uh, on the horse. Oh, like medieval sort of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves oh, kind of garb. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Okay, that's very interesting. So this is what I'm picturing. The film starts off um, with like a film set. Like you see like a party going on. For example, I'm using a party. We can change it up to something else if we need to. There's a party and it's like, you know, the it could even be, uh, you know, the Dark Knight scene where the Joker comes and crashes the party. There's like so many extras in the background. Do you remember, remember yep, that scene yep, where yep, he yep. comes and then what's her name? Maggie Hall's character. He like takes her and he's like, let's put a smile on that face. That mm, whole scene. Yeah. And then Batman comes. So imagine a big party, like a really fancy party. And then the camera's going past the actors and you hear this narration in the film, in the short film. And it's like, uh, I don't know what he says, but he talks about like his life and who he is. He's like, this is, this is what I am. I'm, I'm the background actor. I am background actor 24 or whatever, you know? And this is what I do for a living. And no one looks at me. No one cares about me, about me but I have a purpose. And, and that is what I know or whatever. Very rough dialogue, you know? And then we, so we end up on his face, right? And we end up on his face and then we go to credits. Then we cut back and we, and we hear, we cut back on, you know, those, the, the bell on a film set, like a, it's like the lunch break or whatever. Yep. And then you see like the actor, the main actor, whoever it's based on walks over to like, he's walking his trailer and the director kind of berates him. For example, like rips him to shreds or whatever, or something else. Like so basically something happens because we have to show, like you said, I want to do it piece by piece, right? So it's like right away you're seeing that he's so protective of this guy. So this actor gets berated by like some director or whoever or a co-star. And our our guy here, the serial killer, right? We have to give him a name soon. Um, he goes in and he basically somehow kills the director, for example, mm-hmm. or the person who berated him. So right away, the stakes are there within a page and a half, hopefully, that we're like, or two pages. We're like, this guy's fucked up, obsessed. Cut to, he goes to his home. He's like, I have, and he's narrating this whole thing. Uh, and now, so this is what I was saying. Instead of, so, so that he doesn't have this boring monologue at the end where he says everything to our actor, he's doing it through this narration and through the descriptions where it's like, he goes into his house and he's talking about like, I have 30 minutes to shower and change and then go because Ryan or whoever the actor is that he's obsessed with is going to be at the gym for this time or he's going to go home or go to his AA meeting or whatever. So he goes home and he's, he's doing this. You, we cut to the, we see the inside of his house and we have these frames of all these pictures of different films he's been part of in the background uh, of this actor. So you have these pictures on the walls that are like this actor's in a scene, like a, it's like a lawyer scene, like I said earlier. And he's the, our, our serial killer is like a background actor in that scene. Mm-hmm. So he's been a background actor in all his movies. Yeah. And, and maybe even uh, throughout that person's life too. You know what I mean? Like, they're, and stuff? They're, they're like in every scene that we see this serial killer in, they look different. They're always like just in the background of life. Are you too. saying not even on the film? Cause I think that kind of breaks the, like, I, I like that, but then I think the idea of him being a background actor doing this. Oh no, no, that too. But that like art imitates life. Light imitates art. No, whatever. but you're saying he's at an ice cream shop with his kid and he's there. Yeah. Not, maybe not like, delivering ice cream but like watching but that's what i mean then he just becomes a stalker which it was just cool but then i think what's special about this is he's just in every frame of this guy's film right but then that breaks down when we go to a gym or whatever like we should have a film event no, but we, or like whatever we have to what we should have like an event or something or like that they have to go to well, something film related i get what you're oh actually it could be a yeah because then it could be a film scene again and then it could be in the trailer that he kills the guy yeah. in front of him. But I was going to say, like, him stalking him outside is fine. But the the evidence should never be outside the films. Because why would anyone take a picture of this guy? Oh, no, no, no. But, like, I mean, that's just the CSA for the script or whatever. Like, anyway. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. the, the artifacts of, like, what he's collecting is, like, background actor moments of him on his set. This mm-hmm. uh, actor set that he's obsessed with. Um, 
and then maybe he narrates how like the thing is i yeah so he narrates like you're seeing the obsession you're seeing that he's been in all his films you're getting fed this information as an audience and the script and then he gets ready to go to this event maybe a film scene or maybe the gym or whatever he's going to go stalk this guy or be on a set with this guy or whatever right that's his whole life is background acting on this guy's set that's how we clarify Mm -hmm. and then on that set something happens i just wanted to happen on a set again if the first thing was on a set so i'm trying to find a way that the last murder that happened is like not set related maybe but my whole point is what we were talking is like it somehow escalates that he's like following this guy and then maybe in his trailer or in his home some paparazzi or someone get breaks in and he's having this like argument the guy's not even being physical the paparazzi guy he's just being kind of like really schmoozy or whatever right and then our our guy here our serial killer just like intervenes and kills him with like violent blunt force and just with his bare hands or with like taking like a an oscar this guy won and just fucking mm. killing him and then and then covered in blood and like looking up and at the actor being like you're fine now and he's like what the fuck i gotta call the police like no no no, you can't whatever you can't call the police or whatever and then he kind of just pitches this thing of like i'm doing this for you this is all for you and then he maybe at that point also declares that like i was a reason you got this role because i killed the fucking first choice of actor that was gonna get the role and it's like dawning on him and then i don't know what the ending is Mm -hmm. yet which we never do we usually get that in the script writing part next but that's what the rough draft of the film is to me Mm -hmm. let's see what you think I think broad strokes for sure. Uh, but maybe like, it seems like there's a lot of shit to kind of convey at, yeah, fuck. It's tough because you don't want to just do an exposition dump at the end. But like, is it simpler in that like the opening scene, we kind of establish this thing, this weird dynamic. The director says something shitty about, the actor without the actor being present and that person's like that guy's gotta fucking die now like the background extra hears it and the actor doesn't or something and then the rest of it's like stalking the director or something or maybe like there's gonna be a, a firearms training session um some morning at five in the morning and then this guy goes to the gun range and ends up like fucking sniping the director or something you know what i mean like i don't hear they make the whole film about that yeah, not not necessarily about that, like, because we do have to kind of explain the past and stuff, but maybe the one sort of main narrative arc is, like, getting to kill that director or kill that person who said something shitty or maybe uh, the uh, the paparazzi guy posted a really unflattering As opposed photo. to what? As opposed to, like, him killing the director in the beginning? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. You know why that's also cool? Because you know what it could be? Uh, no, you're right. Maybe that is because then that's too much. And like, yeah, how do you convey that? What if it's like, so at this film scene or whatever, right? Um, the 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 scene happens, the, uh, the title credits, all that. And then they're at the craft table, whatever, wherever, right? And he overhears the director saying he's going to cut this actor. Like he's going to fire this actor. Because then the it also ties into like, it's his career that he's helping, right? And then, so then we get to see what he's done by seeing uh, the newest application of that exactly and even he talks about it he's like it's not the first time as he, again i think narrating i think personally helps but it doesn't have to be but i think it helps because then he could be like uh or even more darker and serious is when he goes home he lives with his mom still and he tells his mom this story and his mom is like in a chair she can't speak she's like ill so he tells all his secrets to his mom that's serial killery a little bit right yeah uh, it's a little fucked up Gos- uh, gosling booked another role mother yeah <laughs> uh and then uh, 
<laughs> um, uh, but I was gonna say, yeah, it's um, it's interesting because it's interesting because he can then even dish that information out for the audience, being like, this is just like the last time. Remember when Thing wanted to cut him, or remember when he auditioned and they wanted to go with Chris Evans instead, and yeah. I had to kill Chris Evans. Like he goes like kind of into yeah. The we spiel. could and we could also do like a, an alternate reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did kill Chris Evans. Yeah, yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah, it's because I was like, who do we follow? But we could make a fake career for Ryan Gosling, where we have some of his films like Breaker High and other shit. Yeah, but then. Some of the shit, like he kills Chris Evans, for example, for uh, like, do you remember Notebook where uh, Nick Casavides uh, wanted uh, or whoever wanted Chris Evans? Remember? And, and then it cut to or like as he's saying this, you walk past and like it's like a Chris Evans, like uh, R.I.P. page or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. A, a newspaper. Like of, memorial, like, Chris yeah. Evans surprisingly overdoses or whatever. And it's like him who did it. You know, it's kind yeah. of dark. Um, but the, the point is, um, yeah. So he kind of divulges this, this information because like you said really well. Um, it's this new application of the same thing he's done before. Yeah. And now he goes to the director's house and now, uh, and again, he's talking to the director, he's going to go kill him. And as he shows up and he's killing him, the actor shows up to that's, apologize. That's it. That's it. The actor shows up to apologize. It. And then and this then guy has to this... hide. And yeah, you d maybe, maybe he doesn't even have to hide. Maybe they just, their eyes kind of meet, you know, and then it goes to black, you know, there's just like, you this know, what's moment. even darker. Well, what if like, so basically, uh, he's about to kill him and then, uh, and again, maybe it's too long for the script, but he hears a door open, and so he muffles this guy, and he like he's already kind of stabbed him once, and he's like muffling him, and this guy's like bleeding out, and somehow he escapes, and he's like crawling through the living room because he hits our serial killer in the face, and he's like the director's like crawling, and he's like Ryan, and he gets there, and our guy goes and uh, and stops him, and he's about to kill, and he looks at Gosling, and and Ryan doesn't say anything. Yeah, like Gosling's like yeah, kill him. Cause he's about to fire him or whatever, right? So he's like, uh, you know that, you know what I mean? Like uh, Ryan Gosling's in on it, where he's like, not in on it, but now but, he sees it and he's but, like, okay with it. So then Gosling should know he's about to that get fired. he's about to get fired at the beginning. Like there should be like just some way to plant that in there. So then there's just like, okay, do it, or not, not even that, not even that, that decision. The decision isn't made. It's we go to black before that. But I think that's, I think that's where we go. So. Well, it's yeah, it's somehow uh, in the script we have to divulge that Gosling knows, which it could be that when he shows up, maybe our serial killer is like hiding right now, and he says you're fired to him, and he, and then the, you know what I mean, like yeah, yeah, we can we can figure, we can that, figure out that out as we but go that's in. Interesting. So so we established the onset dynamic with this extra being there. We overhear a negative. Uh, be be a bit descriptive. Recap the whole film now. Okay, so we are going to make a film about a serial killer who has. Uh, single-handedly uh propped up a certain actor probably going to be ryan gosling yeah, in an alternate reality of of this one that we're all floating through right now uh we see the director of that movie berate gosling or threaten to fire gosling and then we see this background extra who's been in it like we have no idea of this at the moment but they've been stalking ryan gosling for their entire career killing the first choice so Ryan Gosling gets all these roles. What do you mean by first choice? The first choice being the director and the producers and the studios want Chris, like, Chris I like Evans. the example, yeah, for The Notebook. And then this serial killer character kills Chris Evans. Chris so Evans, right Gosling before they were about the to film The Notebook. Uh, That's amazing. Then Gosling came in <laughs> and saved the day. So like this... this uh, this background extra who's been stalking and he's actor. been the background actor for every single Ryan Gosling and, movie and we see we go through the IMDB list and it's just like he has frames screen grabs frames, screen grabs Polaroids all these things crazy stupid love he's one of the extras in the bar in the background yeah like fucking yeah and then uh, we learn that this director is going to fire Gosling 
and this main character, the serial killer, has to intervene if his beloved Gauss Gauss is going to continue. Uh, one cool thing about what we like about the ending is that like he is about to kill this guy. Director's like bleeding out. Gosling shows up and in a moment of and again this might change our endings do change a little bit but Gosling sees him that this serial killer is killing him um killing the director sorry Gosling sees this and he has a moment to like stop him and right before he's about to do the last little stab they both make eye contact and Gosling doesn't say a word and it's just enough to be like you have my permission yeah and the fucking killer goes ham he like like his god just said go ahead which is so dark yeah. um and then what's crazy what i was gonna say is the reason maybe gosling also is okay with it and maybe we don't do this but when he shows up to the director's house and he's like hey um alex or whoever that director is uh all right i'm, I'm uh i just like waiting in the foyer or whatever and he like sees like uh headshots on a table for the film like it says like casting or whatever and he's looking and it's like pictures of like christian bale and he's like pissed gosling and then then he sees the director crawl over into this foyer dripping in blood so now maybe gosling has more reason to be like yeah kill him. But anyway, we'll figure we that figure out. out how it's revealed but to them but it could be interesting like that all right oh i'm excited let's get to the writing part let's get to the writing part and now I love you, Ryan. Exterior pool party day. We see a film set in all its moving parts. The camera is focused on Ryan Gosling, 30s. A camera assistant, 50s, extends a measuring tape an inch away from Gosling's nose and makes a mark on the camera lens. A makeup girl holds a water bottle for our leading man and he sips gingerly through a straw. We hear a voiceover narration. That's not me. I wish it was. Just look at that beautiful bastard. More talent in his pinky than most actors have in their lifetime. If only others saw him like I do. The crew begin to rehearse the scene and the camera dollies through the party. His good looks, fast metabolism, and dreamy blue eyes got him far. But let me make it clear, he didn't get there on his own. The camera move ends with a messy frame, featuring one of the background actors. This is our narrator, Patrick, 30s. That's me. Party guest 22 on the call sheet. The man responsible for Ryan Gosling's career. Exterior pool party, later. We hear the lunch bell ring and the AD announces, That's lunch! Cast and crew shuffle off toward the craft table. Patrick lingers behind as he sees Damien walk toward the first AD angrily. If I have to waste one more frame of film on that talentless fuckwit, I swear to God. But the camera loves him. Oscars are worth more than pretty faces. He grabs the coffee the AD was holding for him. Did the studio get back yet? Not yet. Jesus, James Franco said he'd do it for half the cost. Patrick winces, pulls out his phone, and opens Twitter. Cut close on the screen as he tweets. Just ran into James Franco on the street. Anyone else get creepy vibes? Damien continues his tirade. Tell the studio I can have him on set by tomorrow and the money we save from his rate we can use on the reshoots. Or we'll green screen all the previous scenes. I don't give a shit. I'll take Dave Franco at this point. I just want that hack gosling off my set and this needs to happen tonight. Interior bus later. Patrick rides the bus and his narration continues. Ryan won't have to worry about the Francos. He has me for that. Just like he didn't have to worry when the studio was eyeing Zac Efron for the role. Cut to interior sauna, flashback. We see Patrick choking out Zac Efron. Interior Patrick's apartment, later. Patrick walks into his home, goes for the kitchen, opens up a can of cat food and puts it on the floor. Lars, his cat, slowly walks over and starts eating. Hey Lars, sorry, I just came home to shower. I have to head out right back again. Lars ignores him. Ryan really needs my help tonight. 
That little shit director Damien wants to fire him. Patrick goes into his washroom and turns on the shower. We just can't have that. Cut to interior Patrick's apartment later. Post shower, Patrick walks briskly from the washroom, drying himself off. The camera leaves Patrick and pans over a wall of frame photos, each one showing Ryan Gosling in a different role. Patrick is a background actor in every single one of them. The camera lands once again on Patrick, who returns fully dressed in business casual. He puts a Paramount Studios lanyard around his neck and stuffs some blank paper into a manila envelope to complete the disguise. Patrick heads out the door. As he leaves, Don't wait up, Lars. I'll see you in the morning. Cut back to Lars, who pays him no heed. Exterior, mansion, later. Patrick walks up a long driveway. He knocks on the door of the mansion and waits. Damien opens the door. Hi, uh, I'm from the studio. I have the papers for you to sign. What papers? We need you to sign off on James Franco. A beat. I'm so sorry. They just told me ASAP and I got here as fast as I could. Studio's already upset at going over budget. Annoyed, Damien snatches the envelope. Patrick looks for a pen, playing up his nervousness. God damn it, I'm so sorry. Am I rushing? Sorry, any chance you have a pen? Damien sighs, rolls his eyes. <sighs> One sec. He turns and walks into the home. Interior kitchen, continuous. Damien opens a drawer, peers inside, and grabs a pen. A second later, Patrick slips a wire across Damien's throat and begins to choke him. Patrick tightens his grip. Blood leaves Damien's face. Damien struggles less and less. Then, another sound is heard from the foyer. Hello? Ryan Gosling is in the house. Patrick loosens his grip in shock. Damien takes advantage and stabs Patrick in his thigh with a pen. Fuck! Damien crawls away, still struggling to catch his breath. Ryan, help! Patrick pulls the pen out of his thigh and tackles Damien to the ground, wrestling him into a chokehold. A terrified Ryan enters the scene. Jesus, what are you doing? Patrick looks up at Ryan. He has the blood-soaked pen raised, ready to stab Damien. Wait, whoa, 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 just calm down. Come on, buddy, you looking for money? Ryan takes off his expensive-looking watch. Here, you'll get a lot for this. It's not about the money! O okay, whatever you think he did or whatever he owes you, is this about a role? Yeah, your role. What? Patrick tightens his grip on Damien. They're trying to fire you and hire James Franco. What are you talking about? This son of a bitch wants to destroy everything we've worked so hard for. We? I, listen, that's just how the industry works. I, I, I appreciate you trying, but buddy, this isn't how to handle this. Patrick looks confused. This is exactly how we're going to handle this. If I kill James Franco, he'll just hire another actor. I thought killing Efron would be enough to secure the role, but this fucker is relentless. Ryan's eyes widen. You killed Zack? Yeah, what, you think he just coincidentally died of heat exhaustion in that sauna? You, you, you think Chris Evans just happened to develop a drug problem before The Notebook? Wake the fuck up, Ryan! Patrick looks completely deranged now. This is our life! Our career! We've risen from Breaker High to Oscar noms! We're Oscar nominated! You're not the only one killing it out there! Ryan sinks to the floor, eye to eye with Patrick now. Let me help you. A beat. Ryan thinks. His eyes go from Damien to the pen to Patrick's face. Cut to black. Na, 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 hey, hey. Carry me away. Finn! <laughs> In conclusion. All right, gents. Okay, so there you have it. 
the alternate reality career of Ryan Gosling was actually instigated by a serial killer obsessive background extra. Totally believable stuff. Uh... I mean, I'm saying that half jokingly because it is it is a bit of a stretch, but also the world is crazy and yeah. it's not out of the question that someone would obsessively do that to uh, bolster the career of a heartthrob such as Ryan. What would you do to make, uh, if you could rewrite that or if you could add more to that right now, for the first draft's done, what's your, let me make it easier for you. What's your favorite thing and the least favorite thing about what we wrote? Um, before we get into that, remind me, because I don't think I asked you that question on the last episode. I think so. you did. It was very at the end, but you did. Okay. Uh, yeah. A little late, but uh, you still did it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you almost forgot, but you did it. Favorite thing. Shit. Um, I think just in general, my favorite thing about it is this alternate reality and like suggesting that Chris Evans was, you know, OD'd before doing mm. the notebook <laughs> and like killing Zac Efron and shit. Like I really like world taking building. taking the world building of that yeah in taking like this beautiful sexy stoic man and kind of like undermining his success and and doing it that way like i think that's just a, an interesting thing like that's kind of funny i don't i think we managed to stay away from it being funny which like i really like too um tried hard to get some like Breaker High references in there, but a, a deal kept me at bay, thankfully. Um, we got one in there. And the least favorite thing, I guess, it's just like, yeah, I, I do want to make more of a meal out of some of these scenes. You know, I think it all. I think my my gripes always going to be with yeah more the short form that we're we're well that we need to stick with. But um, it just it just felt like there could be a couple more scenes to build Patrick as a character that aren't just voiceover. But we did what we could. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think that's one thing we got to get. I think we will uh, hopefully figure out like a little language there because what I piling on to what you said, um, it's it's we could have found maybe a, a different what's the word uh, device. Narrating was a, a great idea, but device in the sense of like just creatively showing him kill other people or stalk people or being the serial killer where even on the bus, instead of him walking on the uh, sitting on the bus, maybe he's walking. Uh, home and as he's walking and like we 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 walk with him it's like a, a, a montage of the other people he's killed in his mind as yeah. he's talking about it yeah. you know like we could have like i said made more of a meal of like this guy's a psycho yeah like i do i do in my head at the beginning i was seeing scenes of like dropping the set polaroids of like all the different ryan gosling movies and really building out how mm. his career was served kind of like how we used uh last week when we were using like okay he's he's flying off the planet on a bike like spaceship, but really like he's biked to his cousin's house and he made all these people, the cantina is his cousin's house, whatever having this very, uh, fleshed out sort of infrastructure on which this world is operating on. Like, yeah, yeah. I wish we could more For this explore one. that a bit more. Cause it, I would like to see all the people he's killed. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and, but then it's a short, so it's tough. So of like we have to battle. Yeah, yeah. Um, cause I was also like looking at this short as like, it's a good proof for a, a film yeah a feature maybe yeah it's sizzle. a good proof it's a yeah sizzler. it's a sizzle yeah it's a very sizzle yeah you're right because uh it's a very sizzle that's not it's a sentence oil on a hot pan yeah tell me more give me another one uh another analogy yeah um fresh fish elaborate <laughs> i don't know i just that's <laughs> you just said two words yeah. <laughs> um yeah i felt like it was a nice little proof for like something that could be a film where you kind of really dive into this guy's life and 
and maybe even to the birth and you, the whole films, maybe two timelines where you see his birth of his craziness as he got into Ryan and then the current timeline of like him doing this. Like basically I think there's a lot of good in here. Yeah. Like maybe the first kill wasn't intentional, but it yeah, worked crazy. and he was like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. you know, and he goes on this path of this, like he gets like this, like a uh, taste of it and he's like, Oh, I can just make his career and all this. Um, I do love uh, like in the world building. I think we had a choice to make. We either went more serial killer uh, we could have gone more serial killer and done all these flashes of people dying and showing him creepy and all these things. Or we could have done what we did, which was we have these d- pieces of dialogue and these moments of like notebook was going to be Chris Evans. Yeah. Like we literally had two choices. We, we picked that one, especially cause like maybe in a second or third draft, we can have all these things. We can have like the serial killer flashes and more world building of like, uh, Jared Leto was going to be the driver and drive, like all these extra little pieces. But in this first draft, we had to pick, and I think we chose the right one, which is more fun for us, which was world building of like this alternate reality of um, what Ryan Gosling's career would have been if this character didn't intervene, if Patrick didn't intervene. Yeah. Um, Chris Evans would have won MTV Kiss of the Year with Rachel McAdams instead. Yeah. Um, so that was fun. I, I like that a lot. And uh, it's also very different. I think I've seen, there's a lot of fan obsession films out there. Like there's um quite a few i like not quite a few sorry but there are that exist about a fan that's obsessed with this person and then he kills or whatever but i don't think i've maybe there uh, there's one that weirder. exists this is weirder this yeah. is weirder because it's such a uh i don't know what to call it because it's such an alternate universe of anything because like the idea that one guy single-handedly kills people to make his career i haven't seen or heard that you know what i mean yeah it's very interesting yeah and i still think that uh that end song when we cut to black needs to be like a dark version of the breaker high theme song yeah 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 na 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 hey hey carry me away i don't know the song great fucking show (laughs) um Um, but yeah anything like one thing i mean to maybe know just because the people weren't part of the writing process it was uh the hardest part for us was coming up with the last line of the whole film mm. that took a while because uh when he's holding a knife and he's or the pen and he's like oh i'm doing this for you and we're nominated and blah 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 we were like what's the last line and we were thinking like i love you ryan we thought of that for a bit which was like maybe that's how the whole film ends but then we're like it feels like it's like sexually charged this whole thing this yeah. whole his whole love for ryan is all like i love you because we're like yeah i'm in love with you and stuff but i didn't like that and you didn't like that either so then we're like what if he says something like you deserve the best or you're, you're a, golden a golden god, god ryan and then we're like we can name the film golden god uh but then stumbling upon like after going through a couple options and really t- hammering it was like let me help you yeah that was that that was a solid line and that sets up uh gosling's last look at the end of the script so it's not like a definitive ending we don't know how it ends but presumably motherfucker's gonna keep his keep his lunch flowing you know he's gonna let that kill happen yeah that's what i I, that's what i would take from that yeah i think it makes sense too but some people might be like no what if ryan ryan would never Ryan would never do that yeah ryan would never let (laughs) unless he was faced with the abject truth of his career Touche. And Damien Chazelle must die. Yeah, it was based on Damien Chazelle. <laughs> um, yeah, any other thoughts? Yeah, did you go through your favorite and least favorite um, in, in turn from speaking? You know, like, is I, that... I think we both... It's usually the same for us, especially for this one, is like, favorite thing, we got to make up that Chris Evans was going to be in The Notebook and yeah. Zach Efron died for the sake of La La Land to be Ryan Gosling. Um, 
and then the least favorite was like oh we could have been more world building or whatever like even the ending could have been darker or like actually the ending's pretty strong I, or it's good at least overall but maybe the beginning could have again had more like breadcrumbs in there to show how fucked up this kid is for sure yeah but for besides sure. that um yeah, it was pretty fun. happy with it. It was just fun, man. We, I didn't um, expect us to get to a serial killer that's a background actor. I, when we pulled serial serial killer, we were like, um, what's it gonna be? And then you had this great notion of like, what? How can we relate to a serial killer? And I was like, oh, put it in something we do in, which is our industry, yeah. which is film. It was and a nice like, way in. Yeah, that was a cool way in. Well, great. Thank you all for listening. And if you are listening from the dimension that Ryan Gosling's career is based on a serial killer, uh, in you know, Zach and Chris are dead. Give us a call. We'll we'll fill in. We'll play those roles. Blue Sky Podcast is produced by Adil Shamsi and John O'Hunter, edited by Justin Stevenson, and this voiceover was recorded by Kevin Brown. If you have an idea for a prompt, email us at thebluesguypodcast at gmail.com or DM us at thebluesguypodcast on Instagram. The Blue Sky Podcast is an independent show, so please like and subscribe and tell your friends. Please.